Hello, and welcome to the Context Machine, episode number 639 of Palindrome. I'm Brian Chaffin. Brian, it's better than that. If you flip 639, 180 degrees, it's 639. Yes, it is. That that was that that's a clue for today's connections. The world, well, the, Ooh. on times, the word, the the, the New oh, York Times uh, thing. So yeah. Um, anyhow, I'm Jeff Gamut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm Brian Chaffin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have that whole website thing, contextmachine.io, blah, blah, blah. Yep. You can use contextmachine.io to reach out to us, or you can find us on uh, Mastodon at Context Machine. Mm hmm. I still haven't set up mm-hmm. threads, <laughs> <laughs> which is ridiculous because I'm very active on threads. You are active on threads. Very active on yeah. threads. Yeah. It's really cool. So is. Um, so is a uh, uh, Mason Truman, by the way. I've been I've been live streaming an outline for a short story. That's very cool. I'm sorry, Mason. Mason has been live streaming an outline for a short story. I can see how you would mix those up. <laughs> uh, I've also, by the way, I don't. Uh, I probably mentioned this to you because I mentioned things to you. Uh, I've got a short story that I'm I'm working that I'm going to. Um, uh, once I get a cover for it, I'm going to release it for free on uh, my my website and on uh, Amazon and Apple Books. Be a free sh- free short story in Mason's world. Brian, th- th- this is this is how good I am. No, Brian, you haven't <laughs> mentioned that to me. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, well, is there anything you can tell me about the story to keep me excited and and uh, enticed for when it's released? It is a story about a single ship miner who is on his way out to the Oort Cloud to strike it rich. Okay. Yeah, and things happen. And so, things happen. So Mason is not in this story, but it's in Mason's universe. It's in okay. it's, in, it's in Mason's time. Okay, that's cool. So there there are there are not clues, but there are things relating to the broader the broader sort of world arc in Mason's in Mason's universe uh, in this in the short story. Okay, so it's like a fun story that has the added bonus of I get to learn a little bit more about the whole world, the whole universe that Mason lives in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, uh, like the, the prologue, uh, you don't, you don't have to read it, but if you do, you'll get a little something out of it. That sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to, uh, to when you release that story. Thanks. It'll be called, I think it's going to be called King Liam, the first of his name. I think that's his okay. name, the name of it. Uh, and I'll be asking you to uh, beta read for it. I am so looking forward to that, and oh, I genuinely mean that. I do. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, right. So we have. Um, by oh, by the way, if you have bought my book, <laughs> thank you. And if you could leave a review, I would thank you even. More well, I mean, you still get heaps of things, but for those who have bought my book, if when you read it and and you like it, although if you don't like it, that's fine too. Uh, if you could leave a review, that'd be great. So, Brian, I'm curious. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, you're not the first author I've heard say, hey, can you leave me a review? So that tells me this is actually something that's important. What's the value in someone leaving a review for you? The the value in um, reviews are that some people, like some people don't want to read a book if they don't see any reviews because they, they don't think anyone's read it. Right? So okay. it's, it's just like, you know, success building success and the lack of success building the lack of success. But it also can, uh, uh, you know, if you're writing a thoughtful review and by thoughtful, I, I, there's no one way, one way to, to, to write a review. If you are writing something that is meaningful to you, the people who, th- who, who have similar interests to you will find that valuable. Like the, the number one thing you can do to promote any author is to read your is to, to to read or excuse me to to write reviews on Goodreads on Amazon on Apple Books posting it to your site that is that is a wonderful way to support authors especially indie authors okay okay that's cool um, I'm putting you on the spot now yeah and asking you do you have any examples of good reviews that have come in for your book that you want to highlight oh uh yeah as a matter of fact uh, michael meyer michael e meyer who is uh someone who knows me from tmo wrote an amazing review on uh, uh amazon it's really really well written and was also very nice but it it's it, it it's a very well written review and I love that. Very cool. All right. Th- Brian, thank you for indulging me to just go down that rabbit hole immediately because I was genuinely interested about the the importance of the whole review thing because I, I didn't know. Thanks. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, and the uh, hardbacks and softbacks are available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble now. So if Very that, cool. If that's your thing. You know, that sounds kind of fun. I may have to have to order a dead tree version of your book. <laughs> dead tree version. That's great. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, that, that, so thanks for great. joining us on the show this week. <laughs> no, man, we got things to talk about. Let's, let's jump straight to, 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 to Monarch. Okay. Okay. Is it Monsters Legacy of Monarch or Monarch Legacy of Monsters? Yes. Honestly, I don't know. It's it's Monarch Legacy of Monsters, but it could well have been called Monsters Legacy of Monarch. I mean, that that in Did many you just ways say would the same thing twice. I don't, I don't think so, but I might have. I don't know. It, they just sound the same to me. So this is a Godzilla show that's on a uh, on Apple TV Plus. It's okay. It's a Godzilla show, but I love that it's. It's not about Godzilla. Mm. Are you sure? Well, I, to me, it's more about the people. And Godzilla is a necessary element oh, because that's yeah. part of what brings all these people together. You're right. The Godzilla movies, even even like the the was it was John Cusack? Did he did he do a Godzilla movie a few years ago? Who did that? No. Who, who was who was No, who it was, was um uh, uh Matthew Broderick. Uh, right. Whatever. Tom Tom Cusack 
Matthew Broderick, whatever. One of the, one of the two. Of them. You're just making up names now. <laughs> Shh. So uh, even that one, which is obviously somewhat about the characters, I I very much agree with you. At least in these first three episodes, this is very much more about the people being brought together by Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And not like Godzilla is sitting there thinking, hmm, who <laughs> should I bring together? <laughs> but the fact that Godzilla exists and uh, and has uh, has been seen and done his and ca- caused havoc. Yeah, he, he he is a real part of this fictional world. Yes. Yeah, but the people are the center of this fictional world. And that, yes. and, and I'm really enjoying that they're getting that's what makes the compelling story. Otherwise, it's just monster fight of the week. Right. Right. And I um, so the reality is that you and I have spent a lot of time nitpicking the show, right? Oh, we have, but we both love it. And we, and we, const- we love it. We constantly come back and say, yeah, but I love it. <laughs> This is mo- mostly, a, you know, in a flurry of text messages back and forth. The, yes. And uh, and they started, like many of these do, with Brian saying, hey, you need to go check out this show. And then I tell him that I've already watched it. No, wh- that is not what normally happens. <laughs> what normally happens is you say, oh, okay, I'll add it to my list and then never watch it. But for the last two really shows, list. the last two shows, you're like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've already watched, watched it. it. Like, what the? Like, I, let's go back to where I'm introducing you to something. And, and, and where was my introductory uh, uh, message from you, sir? Where, Look, was, where was my, we, you've got to watch this, Brian. You've already established that you watch shows before I do. Therefore, if I'm watching a show, it's safe to assume you've already seen it. But apparently not. It just turns two, out two that, instances. that we we have two anomalies in this matrix. <laughs> All right. Well, regardless, I re- I'm really enjoying the show. The special effects are uh, amazing. And they they make... They make the monsters that we have seen look and feel big. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Much yeah, more so, yeah. much, much more so than any other Godzilla-type movie that I recall watching. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And um, even the what I'll call the medium size monsters that you get to see because you know if it's a godzilla thing this is not a spoiler there's always other monsters um they they look very plausible they fe- it feels like they're actually there and you can really get a sense for the for the size okay uh yes you can and i'm sending you a text message because i i've got something i i kind of want to spoil because i don't feel like it's a spoil but it is a spoiler, um, I don't think this a is a spoil because because it's it ties back into the Godzilla movies where Monarch 
is uh, is part of the underlying theme. Uh, okay, before you hit your spoiler, just to give people a little backstory here, uh, there's the Godzilla and the and, and the King Kong, the the recent movies, mm-hmm. and there's a common theme in them, and it's this organization called Monarch that hunts the the the, the kaiju and um, the big monsters. And this whole series. That, that, that's monsters for people who weren't born in Missouri. Missouri. Sorry. Do you want to go? Do you want to go wait in the car again? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. So. <laughs> the series <laughs> continues on with, the, with that organization, the monarch organization. So you have this common thread. Um, so. That what that tells me is that is that King Kong is part of this same universe, even though we're not seeing King Kong in a yeah. In, so so f- yeah. so far, so far we're not. But 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 you're exactly correct. It is the same. It's the same universe where where Skull Island has produced lots of different supersized monsters. Yes. Um, hey. Um, as as long as we're shooting on little tangents mm-hmm. and uh, and not and not hitting the spoiler you want to talk about or potential spoiler, um, Netflix they have a new and I know it's not your thing but it's kind of cool. It's they have an animated series that's clearly targeted at uh, at uh, not, at not kids and it's called Skull Island. Okay, and. So it's like modern time and people that that end up on Skull Island and uh, and King Kong is there and uh, and so you have this interaction with all these people where again it's about the people but you have the the uh the, the kaiju that get pulled into it as well. Cool. And it's it's 8 episodes on Netflix. And each episode is, I, I think, a little bit less than thirty minutes, and it, it was a really fun series. So I'm the, the the thing that I want to spoil is incredibly minor, but I, I don't think I'm going to. But I don't think I'm gonna. I, I don't. I don't think we should spoil it. But it's it is it is okay. not. It it is. Uh, it, it, the reason why I think it's important is because they did it. They went there. I okay. I agree with you, and I think I have a way to talk about this where it's not a spoiler. Okay. Um, I like how they approached the idea that these characters that have experienced the these attacks on cities. They have trauma that they carry with them after the the event. It's it's True. not like like a regular TV show or a lot of TV shows where next next week everything's just fine. Reset. Let's start over. Um, they they have real trauma, and we get to see some of the things that cause the trauma that these people have to deal with. Uh, that is well put. That is well put, and and they're. They, they, um, I like that they're not afraid to go some places. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm with you. And, and because they're not afraid 
to take those risks. Uh, we as viewers get to have some uh, some uh, very real emotional reactions to things that are happening in the series. Sure, I, I feel like they 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 could have they could have made that scene even more real. They could have. Yeah, they could have. However, t- we'll, we'll talk I, th- about I think they did the a great job. We'll talk about that after the show. Okay. All right. Uh, so that is Monarch Legacy of Monsters. We heartily recommend it. I think that Apple TV Plus has been doing some great shows. Uh, yes. And when, when I heard Apple was going to be doing a Godzilla series, I was skeptical yet open-minded because there have been other times where we've heard Apple is going to be doing whatever kind of a series and it's worked out really well. You know, like uh, Apple's going to do a series about an American going to the UK to coach a football team, but he's never played the sport. That kind of worked out well. Yeah, that that one did, yes. That air. Oh, yeah, dead air. There All right. Go. You uh, can edit that out and post. So let's see here. Why don't we why don't we sort of talk about the two artists that we were talking about? Let's 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 just let's sort of hit that. Sure. Um well first I'm I'm all about art and and different artists. And um and you you showed two to me. And, you know, I should return the favor because there's a, a, a an anonymous artist that's here in Boulder called Smile. And he does some amazing stuff. So I'll, uh, so now that I brought it up, I guess I'm, I'm kind of committed. I'm going to have to put yeah. a link to that artist in, uh, in the show notes as well. Yeah. Well, do you want to share with the class? Yes. Okay. So, so uh, this artist goes by the name Smile, and on Instagram, they're Smile Boulder. And what so what they do is go around like in the middle of the night, and and uh, spray paint art on uh, on different things. So it, it's not just like, hey, I got a can of spray paint. Psh, 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 there we go. I made my cool link. symbol. Oh, I thought I did. I just brought it up. Sure. <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> Anyhow, copy profile URL. There we go. Um, wh- so what this artist does is um, they have they have stencils. So. They they create these these uh, uh, beautiful and intricate artworks where they hold up a stencil, do spray, put the next stencil up, another color, next stencil, and so oh, yeah. in a in a matter of seconds or moments, they've created this really cool piece of art, and then they're gone, and uh, and they've they are so popular. It's the that, Banksy uh, model. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, like like he's, Boulder's he's not, own Banksy. He's not doing Banksy style art, but that's what Banksy does with the stencils, right? And and I I refer to this artist as they because 
I have no idea who they are at all. Why? So I don't want to make a presumption about, uh, about, well, anything about them. Midnight uh, but here, here's a fun story for you, Brian. Yeah. Uh, they had a showing in one of the galleries because you, you can buy their art. Okay. And, um, and so the police, even though people were just like sending out messages, hey, if anyone knows, smile, tell them if they want to come and, and paint something on my building, it's okay. Because it's it's like a thing. People want to have the their the, their art sure. on their on their buildings. So they, they were doing uh an art showing and the police showed up hoping that smile would be there so that they could arrest them. Ah, yeah. Smile was not at the showing, as far as anyone knows. They might have been. They might have been, yeah. But I did a a walking tour because there's so much art around. Uh, I did a walking tour one night, and uh, and they were taking us around, showing us art. I'd seen a lot of it already. Some of them, some of the pieces were tucked away. Hadn't seen them. And I'm posting images on Instagram from from the walking tour. And then I find out after the fact, Smile had shown up and was on the walking tour with us. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So one of the people that that was there, I was probably interacting with them. They were the artist and had no idea. And I love that that there's that whole mystery thing. And, and I probably got to talk to the artist and didn't know who they were. And yeah, it was fun. Anyhow. Um, so, uh, top that with your two artists. Uh, okay. Well, we've got Eddie gangland, 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 mm-hmm. uh, who is, is, he's really blowing up courtesy of Instagram. And he does very bright and I don't know how do you describe this. Um, it it has a, a really cool street art feel. Yes, but it's not street art because he's doing his work on uh, on different mediums. Like, well, the the stuff that you've shown me, it looks like it's all being done on papers. Yes, it 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 is in fact on paper. He's got some paintings also. Uh, so they're like I'm thinking, thinking they're acrylics. Uh, but uh, most of most of everything that he is blowing up for is the stuff he's doing on paper with pens. Yeah, uh, and when you say pens, just so people can visualize this correctly, we're talking about paint pens, not ink pens. Right, paint pens, and, and yeah, I, I like I, I like his, his stuff. art. I like his stuff too. Yeah. I, I'm glad you turned me on to him because I hadn't seen his stuff before and it's really dynamic and it's a lot of fun. I, I really like it. I do too. And I also like the other guy um, who is Ali Sabat, Sabet, Sabet. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, um, and nor do I, since I didn't even know about this artist until shortly before the show. He is a, um, amazing uh he sells prints and and copies or you know and his original art 
he's currently has a 60 inch by 60 inch uh, piece of art for sale without a price. So, <laughs> so that tells you what it costs. Yeah. And he has some, uh, just his, his Instagram feed is just full of amazing art. I, I love, I, I feel like there's a through line from Eddie Gangland to Sabet, Sabet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that actually is a through line there, but, uh, I, I love both of them immensely. Uh, yeah, they, they do really great stuff. And, uh, I, instead of feeling bad that I didn't know about either of them before now, I am excited because I know about them now. Yeah. Same. And same with your, uh, smiley guy. Smiley person. Smiley. We person. don't know if it's a guy. Smiley person. Right. So I, 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 he's definitely doing the Banksy thing. It's not, not the Banksy style, but the, you know, the police chasing him and yeah, stuff and the stencil art. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So we're going to have links to all three of these accounts uh, on Instagram, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. uh, we encourage you to check them out, and we would love to know what you think about it. You can uh, write me at uh, Geek Tales on Instagram or on Threads, and you can write Jeff at at Jay Gamut on Instagram, Mastodon, Threads. I, I'm getting better at uh, at being more active on threads. You are, and I've seen you being more active. Do you do you what 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 do you what do you think of threads? I I'm liking threads. It it has a uh, a kind of friendly casual feel. Um, the the only problem I'm having is that is that uh, the spammers seem to have found it. So in the last few days, I've suddenly started getting. Um, several uh like spam phishing bot catfishing accounts that that are following me but i just ignore those and um i i'm i'm enjoying it 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 has it reminds me of that fun feel that we had in the early days of twitter yeah yeah it really does i suspect those days are Numbered from the standpoint of, of, of I think that's probably in like in, indicative of any early stage community, online community. Sure. That, that, that's all I mean by that. And, uh, yep. I'm with you. And I'm in, I'm enjoying this, this phase of threads. Yes. I am very much enjoying this phase of threads too. The, the author community in particular is, is super active. Um, and by the way, uh, I have found that, the author community mirrors the sort of broader literary community in that uh, romance authors are everywhere, followed mm-hmm. by fantasy authors with sci-fi authors being kind of a distant. A tag-along? <laughs> yes. The, red, the red-headed I, I'm sorry. I just, yeah. 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 But anyway, there, there, there's lots of authors, but there's also lots of other communities too. Uh, and I feel like the communities. I, I, what I'm guessing is that Facebook, using its Facebook powers and its Instagram powers, is doing a better job of connecting 
people who are looking for a community together. Okay. Okay. Right. So, moving on. Mm-hmm. Can you please tell me what these passkeys are in Sonoma? Oh, sure. It's not just Sonoma. It, um, the super short version is eventually, it's going to take a while, but eventually using passwords to log into things is going to go away and it'll be replaced with passkeys. This will take time because like for websites, the the websites need to be updated to uh, to take advantage of passkeys. Uh, here's the deal. Okay. Uh, a a passkey is different from a password because with a password it's it's something you type in to as part of your login and then that's how you authenticate that you are you um the problem is that maybe you forget your passwords or maybe those passwords are intercepted and now someone else has your password or maybe you've used the same password on multiple sites and a website gets hacked or uh, a bank database, or whatever it is. And now that password um, has been dumped out into a database that people can buy online and then try and log into other sites using a known good password for you. Um, th- there, there are a lot of potential places for a password to become a failure point for your, for your login security. So now a pass key takes that out of the mix. And um, um, for people that are familiar with, uh, with, with uh, public-private key encryption, this is going to sound familiar. So you have the private part of your, of your login code, and then there's a public part. And, uh, and that public part's actually going to be different depending on on uh, what you're logging into. But the point is you have the two elements and if the information between the two elements doesn't match up correctly, then uh, you're not uh, authenticated for a login. And these, and these elements, they're like super crazy long. So the likelihood someone can guess either side of your pass key, it's, with current technology, it's not possible, um, and uh, and it's not possible for someone to intercept and use your pass keys because of the way the the information is exchanged. And even if they get part of your key, it's not like they can now run around and get logged into other sites because the other part of this is you have to have the element of you for authentication. And, uh, and like if you're using your iPhone, well, now you can use, use, uh, uh, like face ID as an authentication tool. And you have a device that is keeping track of all of your pass keys. So in this case, just your iPhone can, can do that. And, um, and so ultimately what you're doing is taking away the need for you to remember a lot of of different pass codes and then have to come up with clever ways of, uh, of, of creating codes that aren't going to be easy to guess. And, um, 
And yes, you can do a lot of this with the password manager, uh, but when you take out the need to have unique passcodes for every single site, because that's what part of what it takes to keep your login secure, you now have a way to have all of those unique logins where everything is now super secure, assuming it's implemented right, and uh, and you become part of the authentication process. You, you'll still end up using your password manager to keep track of all of this, um, but it's it's something that as more services get on board with using pass keys, we will have more services that have a higher level of security for the users and the and the service as well. Is this helping? Uh, yeah. It well, um, yes, and at the same time, a lot of what you described really. Does I want to emphasize this thing that you said? It really does feel like using a password manager. I mean, I I have unique long ass passwords everywhere I can, except for when the idiot sites limit me. You know, I'm using like fifty character passwords these days, and sure. and um, and you know they're all random, and 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 I'm not remembering them, and I'm using my password manager. So I'm not really sure what advantage it has over that. And what makes that extra confusing to me is that it seems like, so iTunes Connect uses pass keys. Yes. By default, once you go to Sonoma, that's your default. And Mm -hmm. uh, it is always asking me to uh, use, to to unlock uh, my password manager to use that. Mm Mm-hmm. So it is it is it not something that's built into to, to Mac OS? It's built into Mac OS Sonoma. Okay, then I don't know why. And if you are okay, it's built into Mac OS Sonoma and the the whole keychain manager thing is what's managing that for you unless you're using a third-party password management tool. So it's so it works the same from your perspective in that oh i have to to authenticate my uh my password manager login so that it can share the right tokens but under the hood what's changed is that what what's being exchanged there's there's no password passing back and forth between your computer oh, I I got it. and the server I got it. Yeah, it's it's just the there's an authentication process, but that password isn't happening. Um, now you, we can go really deep into this, but um, for now we won't. It's it, it is more secure. You said a couple things that uh, that are clear problems for the password systems that we're using today, like. Some uh, website or service limits you to an eight-character password. Yes, that's ridiculous. Six, Sixteen. That's that's is usually the limit. Or sixteen. It's, that's it's ridiculous. That's not that's not a secure thing. With pass keys, that goes away because it's just the the crazy long key strings, the public private key strings for that are set up for each site. Um, 
or each login. So you you add an inherent level of security there. And uh, and since the passwords can't be stolen because none are being exchanged, that that is removed from the from the process as well. Okay, but, now, but it kind of feels like the sites that make that that impose those kinds of limits on their own security, which just baffles me, are probably going to be very slow to adapt uh, these passkeys. I believe you are absolutely correct. All right, and that is Done very frustrating. I'm glad that we could have this. But if you if you remember when we first started talking about this, I I pointed out this is going to be a slow process, and it's going to be a slow process because there are those sites, those services that are very slow to change, and uh, and they're going to be slow to adopt this as well, and that just sucks because it would be nice to be able to do a fast transition. Okay, so here's another place where this becomes really useful. Uh, for a lot of people, the idea of of having to manage a lot of passwords is is very intimidating. And so people tend to, and, and I'm doing people in a very general sense, because you and I, we're in a group that understands the necessity for unique passwords. Our audience is probably in that same group. But when you start getting out farther from, from that, that group that we're in, people are less aware of the importance of unique passwords. And with pass keys, that goes away because they're all unique. But from the user standpoint, it's just, oh, I set up my login. And they don't have to think about, did I create a strong password? Is it unique? Where do I have to keep track of this specific password? You don't because the uh, whatever you're using as your password management or pass key management tool, it's keeping track of all that. And uh, and all the uh, the users need to know is that they were able to set up a login and it's done and it's secure. That makes sense. So, like in in addressing, well, really. So it, it this feels like it's addressing the 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 security weak point of users who don't know and don't care and don't know to care, but also addressing the part. On the uh, on the, uh, the, uh, the 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 not the client side, but the uh, this we'll call it the service side. The service side. There we go. Uh, where they also don't uh, perhaps aren't incentivized to keep up with advances in things. Only they do have to get over the hurdle of this particular advancement. Right. Yes. And the, and then the whole thing with someone uh, like hijacking your SIM so that they can have SMS uh, login codes sent to them instead of you. Yeah. Th- those things go away. There, there are places where, where there can be problems with, uh, with implementation. Um, but we don't need to go down that rabbit hole today. So 
generally speaking, this should be a much better system once uh, once services start using it, and uh, and it'll be a slow process. But yeah. I am I am looking forward to when I don't need to keep track of all of my passwords anymore, and it's just a matter of I want to log into this site. Yes, uh, I just authenticated by looking at my iPhone even though I'm not actually logging in from my iPhone, and it's done. Yeah, what's uh, what's it using on Sonoma? So uh, say that for again auth- for me. For authentication. Um, okay, so in Sonoma, the it's using, well, for me, it's been using my iPhone. And oh, interesting. I'm assuming that's... Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm using my iPhone. So you'll be you'll be on you'll be on your Mac. Uh-huh. You'll go to some place where you need to log in requiring a passkey and it and you and it hands that off to the iPhone. Right. And then cool. the iPhone is like, "Oh yeah, this is Jeff." And uh, and then the website's like, two thumbs up, cool. Let him in." <laughs> There's not a lot of places I get to use this yet. Which is actually frustrating, right? So, uh, who's who's behind this? There are a lot of uh, of the the big tech companies behind this. Yeah, because if it's just Apple, it's, it's probably destined oh. to not to not be a thing. Oh no, it it is not just Apple. Cause, Apple cause is part other of other companies. The hate group empowering Apple. Yeah, it's no. It, the the big name companies that you would expect to be part of this are part of this. Okay. Some of the problem children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for explaining passkeys to me, Jeff. Sure. And my guess is that at some point we will have another discussion about passkeys as uh, as more services start using them. Uh, I, well, I'm going to have to say that I hope that that happens because. Password security is something that's important to me. Uh, Same. All right. Uh, Jeff, I think, uh, I think we have a show, man. Go us. Yeah. Like we're, we're kind of like rocking and rolling. We're on fire. And that is this week's context machine. If you have anything to comment on that or question, you can write us at context machine podcast at gmail.com. I got it out. Our bandwidth is provided by Cashfly. The basis by Dr. Boom recorded for just this show. And Jeff, that is all for this week, man. That is awesome. Yeah, go us. Go us. Go us.